when you really have encounter, things change. Victory is mine before my eyes can see. You need a new birth experience. Now there's nothing that can keep me from my promise. Set apart to God. Direct access. No, everybody come on here you are with me today breaking through with James Levesque look I believe today is your day for a breakthrough I want to talk about something that's dear to my heart today I don't know let's call this one the original recipe something is so wild to me because we live in a day where fads come and go truthfully the word of God is all we have and if there's anything I believe the enemy wants to do today it's to Water down the things that have always mattered, right? Truth is truth, and we've got to stand by it. And I, I begin to think about this wild story, and it has to do with Coca-Cola. Come on, a company's been around forever. And it's wild because it might be one of the most radical things that have ever happened in, like, life. And what they did, it was April 23rd of 1985, and Coca-Cola made a decision that they were going to change the recipe. I mean, can you even imagine? Something that worked for 100 years, they just decided at that moment that they were going to make a difference, like just change it. Sales were having a hard time. Pepsi was gaining on them. And they made a decision they were going to come out with a new Coke. Truthfully, I mean, you're talking about a vaulted recipe, right? And they made a decision. They wanted it to be more like Pepsi. I got a letter here for you that I want to show you. And this is a letter that Pepsi uh, wrote to their team on April 23rd. And here's what it says. This is the owner of Pepsi after Coke made this crazy decision. He said, listen, it gives me great pleasure to offer each of you my hardest congratulations. After 87 years of going eyeball to eyeball, the other guy just blinked. Coca-Cola is withdrawing their products from the marketplace, and it is reformulating their brand Coke to be more like Pepsi. Too bad Ripley's not around. He would have had a field day with this. There's no question the long-term market success of Pepsi has forced the move. And, you know, it was kind of wild because uh, Pepsi was congratulating. They put an ad out in the New York Times basically uh, issuing the end of Coca-Cola. Can you imagine that? And... You know, as you can imagine, man, you don't mess with people in Atlanta and their Coca-Cola, right? They made it, they changed it, and, you know, this isn't even the day, the outrage hour we live in right now on the Internet. You know what I mean? Where, like, you could tweet something or something can go viral. Now, there wasn't even any of this around in 1985 that was public. And when they made the change, you know what happened? It was instant outrage. People were getting upset. Uh, you know, there was a, a, a group of men, that, a businessmen that came together calling it like, you know, they wanted to revolt Coke and people stopped buying it. They started like on the news channel. They were dumping it in the streets. And let me just say it was an outrage. And Coke realized that they made a big mistake. They realized that, man, all this marketing research and all this, man, we shouldn't have made that blunder. 
Lots of money involved. Can you imagine it? And you know what happened? They literally came out and they said, guys, I mean, it was only a few months later. They came out and made a decision that what they were going to do is they were going to give you two options. We all know that's not really what was happening, but they had to come out and go, well, now you can choose Coca-Cola or New Coke. It was only another month after that. It completely fizzled out. Can you imagine something so crazy? What am I trying to tell you this for? Because there's a recipe that works, right? There's a recipe that God has ordained for you and I to live, and we can't change the recipe, right? We've got to make sure that, you, that we are standing solid on what has always worked because what's going on right now is the enemy is wanting to water that down. The devil wants you to think that the same truths that have changed this world forever are not there anymore, right? You're, you're almost wanting a new definition of Christianity, and it's not going to happen. You're not going to redo what has always been. The Word of God is filled with 66 books that will change your life forever. We don't water that down. We don't change what the original recipe was. I was in Los Angeles, California recently. It was a crazy experience. Uh, my wife and I, we love going to California, and, and it was a wild day in L.A. We wanted to uh, take our kids out for, like, one of those little tours where you go to, like, movie people's houses and stuff. So we were meeting the bus at a certain church, and there was no parking. So I had to drop my family off and then, like, park around the corner. And when I did, I was coming back to meet them. I was walking. It was a wild experience. I mean, it's Los Angeles, man. There's palm trees everywhere. The sun was shining. Man, it was slaying me, guys. And, and I'm walking, enjoying this situation. I'll never forget, I was, as I'm walking, I'm like, man, this is, why don't I live here? This is L.A. I mean, this is like the tall guys. We call them the fireworks, the real tall palm trees with the bang in the top. It was amazing. I turned the corner. The sun was shining perfectly. It was like this beautiful L.A. experience. And for a moment, I was like in heaven. I was like, man, this is just beautiful. This is Los Angeles. Man, this is awesome. And then I looked down. And you know what I saw? I saw transgenders walking around with little booty crazy shorts on. I saw somebody really was something. What? A dude in his underwear with like a gay flag around his back. Um, there was like all types of like, you know, scantily clad girls on the corner. And it was like, let me just say, it ruined the heaven experience. And then something crazy happened to me. As I'm looking, first of all, it was this beautiful feeling. Then it was like a scary experience. And let me tell you what happened. I heard the devil's voice whisper to me. It was unbelievable. And here's what he said. Accept us. I'm like, what? Accept us. That's what he was saying in my ear. And I felt this pressure for like two seconds to like go, oh, it's okay. No, it ain't okay. And for a moment, I looked and was like, accept you? Yeah, well, no, I can accept you. And I realized the lie of the church today. The enemy is trying to like silence believers to, to, to fall down to this stuff. We're not going to do it. Yes, we love everybody. Are you kidding me? Absolutely, I love everybody. I remember a time, true story. Uh, they did a they did an article in the paper uh, one time, and, and it was like you know they were advertising our church and kind of like me in the streets ministering to people. And I was in line at McDonald's, legit. I was in line at McDonald's, and I'm waiting in line to order something. I'm sure Coke was involved. I'm waiting to order something, and, and a woman on the counter goes, "Is that the preacher that was in the newspaper?" 
I'm like, uh-oh. I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, man, what is it? Is that the preacher that was in the newspaper? There's like three people in line. I said, yeah. And she goes, you don't want me coming to your church. I'm a lesbian. Almost like she was going to embarrass me at McDonald's. And I said, let me tell you something. I want to welcome you to my church. Matter of fact, I want to extend you an invitation to my church. And here's my agreement with you. I'm going to have you come. I'll put you in the front row. You can even bring your weird lover. How about that? And here's my agreement with you. I'm not even going to preach against your issue. I'm not going to make messages against your issue. But here's my agreement with you. If God does touch any area of your life, I don't know if he will. We all know he will. If God does touch any area in your life, here's what I want you to do. Give it to him. That's my only agreement with you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to condemn you. If you, if you want to be you, come on in. Let me tell you, friends, it was only a short time after that she came to service with her little crazy lover. And then guess what happened? She didn't come with her lover anymore. And God set her completely free. Look, we love everybody. But there's a standard, ladies and gentlemen. One of the reasons why I believe we are here on this broadcast is we got to get the standard back. It's about time we get back to the way it was originally intended. When you try to mess with the recipe, it ain't going to work. When I see the lack of awakening and revival across this land, it is directly connected to the message coming out of our mouths. What have we done with the recipe? Are we watering it down? Are we making it something it should have never been? What are we doing with the recipe? And it's important for you to understand that we have to get back to what has always been, to what has always worked. The gospel is all-powerful. Jesus is enough. I'm going to tell you guys right now, we have to play our part in this whole process. It's important that you and I understand that what we do in this hour is going to be crucial for future generations. Are we going to allow ourselves to be silent? Are we going to really get back to what truth really is? Uh, because I believe we can't mess with what's always been. There is a plumb line. The Bible says his name is Jesus. And we don't mess with the plumb line. You and I, if, if there was ever an hour on earth that the real church needs to arise, the people of God, it's today. If there was ever a day where boldness and signs and wonders and courage needs to be restored back to Christianity, it's today. And I'm telling you, you are watching this broadcast not by accident, but the Father has sent me into your home today to tell you, join in. Come on, join in. It's time to lay down exhausting Christianity. It's time to lay down barrenness and all the things that the devil is trying to lull the church to sleep with, right? Wake up, you sleeper, the Bible says, and, and rise from the dead, and the light of Christ will shine upon you. And so I'm telling you today, you and I are going to play a great part in what the Father wants to do. Here's what I want to do. We're going to take a quick break here, but when, when we come back... I'm going to tell you exactly the keys we need to change the tide and see truth restored. Are you ready to ignite your faith? Then look no further than Pastor James Levesque's new book, Fire, preparing for an end-time outpouring. This book contains 12 principles that will unlock the power within and cause you to walk in a new level of boldness and power. For a suggested donation of only $12.99, we will send you a personal autograph copy. Log on to jameslevac.org and get your copy today. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you know, we're here today talking about the original recipe and really how we can't allow 
uh, culture around us, right? We can't allow uh, a dead church culture or, you know, the world that's gone mad today to influence the message, right? It, it may come in, like, look, the packaging may look different, but the message can't change. And uh, it got me thinking about this question. What is truth? Think about it. What if I asked you that question? What is truth? Let me tell you, num number one, truth is God's word. But what I have to un let you understand about truth is it doesn't change, right? Um, just because it's not popular doesn't mean it's not a truth. Just because it's not trendy doesn't mean it's not a truth. A truth is something that never changes. And what I've watched in my generation is people are trying to redefine what truth is, right? We can't, we can't change what's always been. And so what we have to do, what I've had to do in my life, because when I got born again, I started looking at the landscape of, of what Christianity looked like. And then, you know, truthfully, somebody handed me a Bible when I got born again, and it, it was so ridiculous to me because I was in a church experience, right? But I didn't see the power of the gospel. And when somebody handed me a Bible... I started reading the words of Jesus. I started reading about miracle power. I started reading about the power of God. And truthfully, I remember going back to the person that handed me a Bible and I said, uh, have you read this thing? They're like, yeah, why? I'm like, because it's, it's crazy to me how many people live beneath the privileges that God had for us. I remember, I promise you there wasn't a rebellious bone in my body. I remember going to the pastor after a service and I said, pastor, can I ask you a question? He said, well, what's that, James? I said, when do we start doing this stuff? He's like, what do you mean? I said, come on, what? I've been reading the Bible, man. When do we start doing this stuff? When do we start praying for the sick and casting out devils and raising the dead? Like, when do we start doing the stuff? He probably said the, the, the best thing he could have said to me. You know, this was a spirit-filled church with, you know, minus the spirit part. He said to me, James, I got to be honest with you. We're probably spirit-filled in name only. I was like, whoa. In time, I've realized that that was a really mature thing to say because he realized that, right? Years ago, you used to walk into a church building, right? We all did. And you would see these, I think they called them like, what did they call them? I think they called them like creeds or like, so, oh, statements of faith, right? You would walk into any church building and be like, we believe. The thing would be as big as the steeple. It'd be like, we believe that, you know, in the virgin birth and we believe in the spirit of God and we believe in miracles and salvation. And, you know, and, and you'd walk and go, man, that's amazing. You know why you don't see them anymore? Because we don't believe you. Because we, we've overpromised and we've underdelivered. We have a nickel in our hand and we're telling everybody it's a million bucks. We've jumped an inch off the ground. We're telling everybody we're flying. It's time to get back to truth, not hype, not fluff. Come on, some of you charismanias. We've got to stop the fluff. We've got to stop the hype. God is God himself, and we can make a difference in this earth with the raw power of the gospel. And it put me on a path to understanding truth. Paul said something, something in Romans 15, verse 19. I want you to read with me. He said, in mighty signs and wonders... And by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Wow. Did you read that with me? Paul said, look, <clears throat> I have fully preached the gospel. What was the definition of that? In mighty signs and wonders. <laughs> 
I believe, if Paul wrote, you know, uh, with baking cookies and selling them on Wednesday, we fully preached the gospel. Friends, churches all over the country would be baking cookies. Uh, I believe if Paul said, you know, by knitting sweaters for the nursing homes, we fully preach the gospel. You want to know something? Everybody on the planet would be knitting, you know, sweaters for the nursing home. If Paul would have said alone, by feeding the poor, we fully preach the gospel. You know what happened? Everybody would have a food ministry. But you know what he said? He said, in mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the gospel, I fully preached. Well, you know what that means? That means we can't do it in our own strength. That means we need his power at work in our lives, and you can't get that in a 12-step program. That requires surrender. That requires devouring the word. That requires hunger, and that requires us to get back to what matters. Think about this. John the Baptist was in prison, right? We're talking about John the Baptist, right? Prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist was in prison, and you know what he said? He said, think about this. He's in prison, and here's what he says. Uh, Can you go tell Jesus Christ, um, is he the one, or should we look for another? Wait, what? Do you realize you were the guy that said, I'm a voice crying out in the wilderness, and now you don't even know if he's real, bro? Reminds me of Christians today. You're in a prison. That's where John the Baptist was. And what happens if you're not careful, you're going to forget the messages that got you there in the first place. It's good stuff. And you're going to start looking at the prison walls as your doctrine and your balance. What did Jesus say back to John? This is a great thing. What did he say? Here's what he didn't say. Uh, go tell John I'm the dude that he left in the womb with Elizabeth. No. What did Jesus say? He said, go tell John that the deaf hear, the blind eyes are open, and the lame are leaping with joy. Wow. He was saying a miracle settles the issue. I remember a day. I was so hungry for the things of God. We didn't have it necessarily where I, you know, when I was born again a whole lot. And I remember I was actually in Largo, Florida. I was, uh, I was doing some weird sales stuff on the side, and I went into somebody's living room, and they said, we have an evangelism. Uh, it was like, a, it was like, a, like an eight <laughs> VCR cassette that shows you how old I am. It was an eight uh, uh, tape series on how to like do crusades. It was School of Evangelism. And there was a guy I never heard before. He kind of looked funky. His name was T.L. Osborne. And it was like this redheaded, it looked like he was like a little bit like Ronald McDonald, you know what I mean? And I'm like looking at this video and I'm like, who's this guy? Dude, the minute he opened my, his mouth, I felt the fire of God on my body. And he started telling a story. I mean, we know the hero, Till Osborne. He started telling a story about, he said a phrase that like convicted me and, and made me angry at once. He said, the gospel is not credible without signs and wonders. Let that sit in. The gospel is not credible without signs and wonders. What does that mean? He was saying that this gospel should never be preached without miracle power. We shouldn't be doing anything on this gospel without the power of of God behind it. And that's what Paul was saying in Romans 15. By mighty signs and wonders and by the power of the Spirit of God, I have fully preached the gospel. The question is, are you fully preaching? Because you know what I see today? I see the church being silent. What I see today is, uh, you know, everybody being quiet as the world yells how loud they are, right? You heard about, I was in Los Angeles. The demons are saying, accept us. Why isn't the church rising up? 
I was in uh, I was uh, in one of the major cities of America, and we were about to do some revival meetings. And there was like this this like parade. I don't remember even what it was for. Some protest in the street, and everybody was like, you know, uh, I don't remember what it was. It was like a gong show crock pot of crazy people. And all they wanted you to do was accept them, right? Accept my message. I was born this way. This is my gender. I'm a male, but I'm really a woman. I mean, just the most whacked out stuff you could ever imagine. And, and they're just demanding that we, like, accept this. And I had a thought. I said to my friend, if we're in the process of accepting crazy, why can't they accept my crazy? If I'm crazy enough, which I think is absolutely nuts, to stand in a, out in a street and go, I was born a male, but I'm a female. If that's like how this world is gone, then you're going to accept my crazy. And so I walked up. I said, look, if we're all in the accepting things, great. Okay, you want me to accept you? Can you accept me? Because I believe Jesus Christ was real and rose from the dead. And I believe in speaking in tongues. Come on, bro, Koto, Shika. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I, and I'm telling you, I believe the dead can be raised. Man, this crazy woman was like, ah! If we're accepting it, then why is the church the ones silent? Why is it the people of God that are filled with the Holy Ghost without boldness and courage, but the wackadoos can go all over the place? It's not going to happen. This gospel has not changed. It still has the power to set free. It still has the power to deliver and heal. It hasn't changed. We've changed. And I'm telling you today, today is the day that we get back to the beginning of loving God, honoring God, and, and going after him with a reckless abandonment. Let me ask you this. I heard John Wimber say one time that the way in is the way on. What does that mean? That means this. We don't, nobody here, there's a big production crew, there's lots of people we know in this room right now, none of us got born again because we won the publisher's clearinghouse and we hit the lotto and we wanted to thank someone. So we're like, yo, I'm just gonna give my life to you. That's not how it works. We give our life to God because we're broken and we're in need of a savior. We come into this thing broken, wide open, knowing that he's our only hope. He's our only way. He died on the cross for our sins, and we can't see ourselves free any other way. Well, I'm going to tell you, church, today, I'm going to tell you, whether you're watching and you know him or not, the way in is the way on. You cannot live free without that constant surrender to the Spirit of God. It doesn't exist. I know, sounds crazy coming from a younger preacher, but there ain't no other way about it, friends. You can't, I tell young people all the time, they think they're going to play with the things of God and fool around with, no, it ain't going to happen. You can't live wrong and die right. Hear me very clearly. You can't live wrong and die right. There's a way that seems right to a man. In the end, at least the death, the Bible says. So today there's a clarion call going out. Are you going to live by the original recipe or are you going to live by the crazy trends that we see today in life? Let me tell you something, friends. The same gospel that sets you free is the same gospel that has to move forward. I've had a prophetic word for a lot of people as I've traveled the earth. And, and I've gotten it like two or three times. And what's happened is I've looked in people's hearts and I've seen like a radical young person on the inside of them wanting to get out. And what happens is you get saved and there's this raw power. There's an attraction about you. And then what happens is over time, uh, the, you know, ministry and the people of God and just circumstances will put that person under and, and all of a sudden, you're not even living who you are anymore. I'm like, man, you got saved, and now you're back in prison minus the bars. Who are you? Are you some product 
of compromise that, you know, that this godless church system has produced. Now you understand, you realize I'm a pastor, right? You realize that's what I've done for the last 23 years. I love the church. You have to hear me. I love the church. You come see me in Connecticut this weekend. I'll be preaching in New London, Connecticut and West Haven, Connecticut, 11 a.m. and 9 a.m. I don't play, friends. I love the church, but I am not going to leave her in that condition. God did not die for some snaggletooth crackhead. He died on the cross for a spotless bride without spot or wrinkle that he is coming back for, and we are making ourselves ready. I want to pray for you today. Many of you are watching, and you may be like, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I need that fire lit again. Well, I want to pray for you that God would light that fire again. There is no other hope than the original recipe that God intended. There is no other way but the way of the cross. There's no other gospel but a gospel of signs and wonders. And maybe you've not experienced that power in your life. Maybe you've not experienced that kind of power and joy. Well, guess what? Today is your opportunity to experience a breakthrough in God. Today is your day for a miracle. Today is your day to lay down uh, the, 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 the cloak of the flesh and pick up what the Father has intended for you. Uh, you know, years ago, I wanted to put a fireplace in our house. We had, we had one, but let me just say, I ain't the dude that's going to be out in the field smelling like wood, chopping it. These hands don't do maintenance stuff. I'm sorry. I just, I, this is the moneymaker. You hear what I'm saying? But look, I'm not the guy that's going to put a log. So you know what we did? I put a gas fireplace in. The guy tried to test it. He said it's all working. I saw a little, I didn't even know what a pilot light was. I blew it out. I didn't know. I tried to relight it when my friends came. I called the guy. You gave me a lemon. The fireplace don't work. He came to my house and laughed in my face. I said, well, it's not funny. He goes, you blew the pilot light out. And I realized that the pilot light was there on a gas fireplace to always be ready for ignition. And when he was bent over to light it, the Lord said, you know what, he, what that means, right? There are many people that need their pilot light lit again. And so if that's you and you're watching this, maybe you've never experienced that fire. Maybe you want that fire. I want you to stretch your hands towards the screen right now and pray for me. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for each and every person watching, and I release a consuming fire now in the Jesus' name. I thank you that the fires of awakening will stir again. I thank you that you are recommissioning and reigniting the fires of awakening. I thank you that there is a generation watching in this broadcast that will pick up truth like torches. I see a vision of torches running into dark rooms and they're being lit up, but it's torches of truth through awakeners. And I thank you that you are relighting the fires today. And I pray for each and every person. Maybe you've never known the Lord. Stretch your hands right now with me. Father, I pray that you would touch each and every person. Let your fire fall on those that know you and those that don't. Let them experience you afresh and encounter you again in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your fire at work in our lives. Come on, amen. Friends, I want to tell you this before we go. Change your life, change your ways, seek God's face. Believe him that you will be an integral part of another mighty awakening across this nation with mighty signs and wonders. Here we are today. I want to thank you for tuning in. We are tuning off until tomorrow or the next day. Be blessed and continually break through.
What's up, everybody? Pastor James Levesque here. I just want to tell you about an exciting announcement. My new show, Breaking Through with James Levesque, is airing now. Come on, Monday through Friday at 12.30 East Coast time, 9.30 West Coast. I want to invite you for all things breaking through. Tune in as we pray, share the word, testimonies, because I believe your life will be shaken for good. Come on, join us Monday through Friday.